I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. I'm Randy Robinson. And you know, look, this life can be difficult. It, in some ways, it, it can feel like life is trying to break you. But that's what the beauty of the gospel is. is, is it doesn't matter what comes in this life, what are the, the things in this world, Christ has overcome. And that's why a lot of Christians refer to ourselves as overcomers. Well, we're going to talk to someone today who has had to overcome some pretty traumatic things, uh, and she's testifying about it. And that, I just I love it when someone just says, you know, hey, look at what the Lord has done. And this is what I've been through, and you're going to hear some things. But you know what? God is good. He's with us, and uh, I can hold my head up high because of him. My guest today is Leslie Haskin, and she has a book called Hey Girl, Hey, and I'll let her explain that because that's not not the typical book that I would pull off the bookshelf, uh, but you know what? I, I watched some of her interviews and been listening to her message, and I thought, hey, you know, I just I love what God's doing in her life, so you're going to get to hear about that. Leslie, great to have you on Life Today Live. Hi, thank you for having me. First of all, I have to say you were close. It's really, hey, girl, hey. <laughs> yeah. You have to say it with a little, you were close for a man. You did pretty good. <laughs> okay, so it's hard. It's it's hard for me to say that um, like it reads and not sound like I'm just really trying to be I something know. I'm not. So. <laughs> no, I know. My son has the same issue with it. He's like, first of all, it's pink. And then you want me to say, hey, girl, hey. Yeah, so I get it. But you did good. You, were, you did good. Okay. Well, so what? explain that, though. I mean, what what is, because that is not the average Christian book title. Um, yeah. Why, why that? Because I, I wanted to be addressed women. I wanted to be real. I wanted them to know that it's, you know, there's a sisterhood, right? Mm -hmm. And this book is about, how we are in relationship with ourselves and with others, starting with that relationship with the Lord. And it's how we move and how we navigate life. Our journey as women, we it ebbs and flows. We go through and deal with so much on the outside and our tendency is to internalize it and we lose our voice and we are feeling uncomfortable in the workplace and uncomfortable in our marriages and our relationships. And I and I thought, if if I'm living this and my sisters are living this, then other women are living this as well. So I needed and wanted to be real and give them a guide or something that says, this is a sisterhood. You're not the only one experiencing this. We all have, and here's how we overcome it. The, mm -hmm. the word you just used, I love that. We are overcomers. Yeah, and you know, um, guys can experience that to a degree as, as well, yeah. and that's why for, for men, you know, I've, I've been married 32 years, uh, and I love my wife, you know, she is, that we raised a family together. I mean, we're partners for life. I still need my male friends. I still need mm -hmm. that other godly men influence. And, and 
I, I, I don't expect that from her because that's really not her role. And I think the same is true for women. You know, uh, you if you're married or you're single, whatever, you need some godly women in your life. Absolutely. So, we absolutely do for, for support and for validation and to and for and for truth. Right. Mm -hmm. We transform and we become who we are by rubbing up against each other, kind of rubbing off the rough edges and a sisterhood can, who can stand up to another sister, whether we're blood sisters or not, or, and say, hey, you know, you're, you're being a little bit rough around the edges or you're hiding or you're shrinking or whatever the message is. You're right. We need that close proximity to one another so that we can support each other in our life journey. Well, let me ask you this. When you say sisterhood, mm -hmm. how do you define sister? Uh, one woman to the other mm -hmm. um, is a sisterhood. I think we're all sisters of Eve, right? Um, we're all created to be the easier. If we go back to Genesis and we understand our purpose in life and how God created us to be that support, to be that um, inspiration, that motivation. In fact, that word easer, E-Z-E-R, that the Lord used, that the Bible uses in Genesis to describe women is also the same word that he uses to describe the armies of Israel and to describe himself. It is that ever-present helper in times of trouble. And that to me is the sisterhood. That's our design to be that helper, not just for one another, but also in our relationships and with ourselves as well. So that's the sisterhood to me, understanding that we have a shared purpose, no matter what our lifestyle, no matter what our uh, religion or race or income, we have a shared purpose and meaning for our lives. And we're all here to encourage one another in that do you think maybe that's why the enemy's uh plan for as one of his main attacks for women uh mm -hmm. can be comparison can be envy absolutely. Uh, absolutely the things that that make you want to tear each other down because when you know you, i discovered this with two teenage girls going to public school girls can be mean you oh we oh we yes <laughs> Yes, and, and that I love that point, I, and I agree with you. Yes, if we are not, um, okay, I'm gonna step out on the ledge here. So if you really think about our design and who we are and our role in life, we are supposed to be that helper, that help, not just for our men, but if we are not occupying that, mm -hmm. what happens to our men? They're not motivated. They're not inspired. Instead, we tear them down. We emasculate them. We do and say the meanest things to our men who then are demotivated and don't achieve all that they can achieve. Because if we're being real, I'm going to try to stay real. Go ahead. The, if we're not supporting our men, if we're not supporting one another, then things fall down people fall off yeah. and so to your point if the enemy can keep us off task if he can keep us focused on who's got on chanel shoes and who doesn't mm -hmm. and whose hair looks good and whose makeup looks good and looking at our purpose as something that comes from the outside of us rather than what comes from inside of us 
then then we're we're told we've lost before we've even started mm. and we, we look and we value ourselves by the size of our house rather than the size of our hearts mm. and it's and it's got to change and this book is designed to help us start to look at what's really valuable and what's what our worth really is well that's that's healthy they say behind every great man is a great woman and that's so true men get a lot mm-hmm. a lot of the accolades a lot of the time uh and, yeah. and are often more in the forefront but mm-hmm. without godly women we're just a bunch of idiots <laughs> you know that's true and we we do too we just don't like to talk about it so much <laughs> now I, I won't say that I, I can that's why that's why i said it i, I volunteer that. that's, uh, now you have you have been through a lot i mean yeah and and there was a moment where things really really changed changed for the country but changed for you in a personal way um mm-hmm. take us back a little bit so we can understand mm-hmm how it's been a purposeful journey for you to get mm-hmm. to the point where you're at. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up on the south side of Chicago. Everybody knows what that means, right? I grew up on the south side of Chicago. Um, I left Chicago for the corporate life and for what I thought was success. I grew up in a, in a um, religious home um, and left all of that behind. and became a very successful executive in New York City. Mm. I was the only black woman for one of the largest insurance companies in the country. And when I say the only black woman, the only black executive for that company. Um, on, our offices were on top of the World Trade Center. Mm-hmm. And on 9-11, I was in my office um, when the first plane struck the building and I was one of the last ones to leave the building before the building fell. Um, I was in recovery, came, became homeless, was diagnosed with severe post-traumatic stress disorder, um, and was suddenly homeless, um, destitute with uh, a mental illness and a 12-year-old son mm. all on my own trying to, um, I wasn't trying to figure anything out. I was about to say trying to figure life out, but, um, I was, I, I think at that point I was just hopeless, Randy. I did not know what the next steps were because I had put all of my value and everything that I valued, everything that I thought made me worth something fell down in those towers. I, that, that's, um, I mean, that's a long way to go. It, it's, mm-hmm. I've talked to other survivors, uh, of nine eleven mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. both towers. Um, and you know, just to say, yeah, I mean, there was there was trauma, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. I suffered PTSD, or maybe it made me rethink my life. I mean, you you kind of get all that. How how did you get to the point? I mean, because didn't you still have a job? Was the company totally gone, or, or were they still, you know, in other offices? Yeah. So the company was trying to rebuild, mm-hmm. um, but for me, I was committed to a psychiatric hospital. I had a complete mental break um, after 9-11 because of what I saw and experienced going through the towers. So for me, going back to work was not an option. Um, I I could barely get up in the morning. I had a break from reality. I experienced what, what they call active triggers, which means that I was constantly reliving the day. Yeah in fear. So 
um, going back to work or being productive in any way was not an option yeah, for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did, did, did you, get, were you able to get any help? Or were you not in, in, in the right frame of mind to even seek help? Because I mean, to end up homeless on the streets, that's rough. Yeah. yeah. I had family um, in New York who took me in. Um, my son and I were separated because he was in one place. I was in another place. So we weren't really on the streets. We, we were um, just displaced and mm. homeless. Um, okay. So getting help, yes, I had a psychiatrist. Um, I was on medication, and um, at some point, you know, my my family being from a a home, a Christian home, is is all the power in the world that you ever need. <laughs> you you know, and and to have people who pray and who know God and believe God and call God on His word. My brother, Pastor Lawrence Haskin. I can say his name a million times, my best friend. And I believe the one of the people, along with my mother's prayers, um, who guided me out of, not just out of 9-11, but out of that total mind state afterwards and into a productive way of thinking again. I had a praying brother mm. and a, a praying mother who left this earth knowing that one day God was going to do amazing things in my life. Mm. And that's what she used to tell me all the time. So while my mental state physically, I had no choice to go back to work. Spiritually, I had no choice but to get better because, because of the prayers of the righteous that availeth so much. You know, just looking at you today, and, and I recognize that, you know, that was, 22 years ago um mm -hmm. you i i would never imagine you going through such a rough time right you've, mm -hmm. you've got mm -hmm. a sharpness uh a focus you. uh you've got a joy you know and, you. and a peace at least that's what that's what i see here now this is just a brief interview but i don't <laughs> think that's fake right i mean that's no, that's real how how yeah. did how did god restore that to you and i'm guessing it did take some time it's uh, he's still restoring it. Let me mm. let me let me step back a little bit. Trauma builds on top of trauma. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about another trauma that I experienced in my life that a lot of women can relate to. Um, and I talk about it in the book. I was brutally raped when I was a teenager mm -hmm. and I never got the help that I needed after that rape. So I lived buried inside of me. And at that point, after the rape, I felt like if God really knows us before we are formed in our mother's womb, then he saw this coming and he didn't protect me from it. Mm. So I, I, I went into that, my adult life, angry that God didn't protect me from that violence. So on 9-11, I was not in a place that I knew the Lord. Mm. I was in a place where had I lost my life that day, I'd be in not a good eternity right now. Mm. So coming out on the other end of that, I'm looking now at two traumas that the Lord has to heal me from, mm -hmm. both of which brought me face to face with mortality. And I had to make a decision 
whether or not I was going to trust him for his purpose or continue to live bitter and angry and in fear and unproductive and feeling worthless and hopeless. And again, the prayers, God began to transform my mind and I began to ask questions of him about who am I? Why did you allow this? Why did you design me? What is my purpose? And as I started to ask those questions, he started giving me answers. And the first thing I realized is that I am not my behavior and I am not the culmination or the sum of the things that happen around me. God designed me with a purpose in mind, and his design is flawless. And from the moment I was born, I was perfectly formed to to fulfill that purpose. Now all I had to do, the easy part, (laughs) not really, (laughs) but the easy part is to now align my behavior with who I really am. That, I mean, that's huge. That's that's everything. And what... I love about that is that is that is life. That's life. Um, and and unfortunately, I, I, I want to ask you because I've got you here. Uh, yeah. Growing up on the south side of Chicago, yeah. uh, as a black woman in America, um, uh-huh. that is not the message that is spoken to a lot of poor black women and men mm-hmm. in our country. Um, mm-hmm. it, that, that that has to only come from God. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Mm. (laughs) Isn't that a beautiful thing that he can speak through poverty? His voice speaks whatever language we understand. Right. Yeah. So he was able to get through all of the lies that I believed about me Mm. and the lies that society told me I could and couldn't be. One minute I'm a cat the next minute i'm a dog the next minute i'm a cat dog the world will have you all over the place trying to figure out who you are until we are as women as people but but especially as women until we align ourselves with who do you say that i am and it's like what and doesn't that sound familiar isn't that what the same question that jesus asked of his disciples who do you say that i am Mm. and this is the question that we have to ask him Lord, I know what society says. I know who society thinks this little black girl from the south side of Chicago, born in poverty. I I know who the world says I am. But who do you say that I am? And that's the life that we align our behavior to. And that's where we set our goals on what he says. I didn't know that back then. Mm. So I made a lot of mistakes. And that's what this book is talking about. We're going to make those mistakes. We're going to have and need that journey once we align ourselves with, <laughs> that's the first question, who do you, Lord, say that I am? Yeah, so true. All right, I'll show people the book again. This is Hey Girl, Hey. You can say it how you want. Hey Girl, uh, Hey. <laughs> uh, okay. You're doing good, though. <laughs> <laughs> doing my best. Um, so... There's there's so so much good going on. I, I have to ask go back up a little bit. When yeah. you look at the the rape, 
Um, mm-hmm. Even the poverty. I mean, I think you can ask mm-hmm. us of the poverty and certainly of mm-hmm. barely getting out of the towers with your life mm-hmm. and watching so many people you know die. I mean, that's yeah. that's um, war trauma, you know. It uh, is. What, what, when you took that to God, mm-hmm. did, did you have any sense of of what that's about? I mean, is it just evil in the world? That seems like a simplistic answer, but it's true. Um, I don't know. What, what do you, what do you, what do you do with that? I think part of our issues as women, I'm going to stick with being a woman, right? Um, is that we look to understand a lot more than we have a right to. As human beings, we have a tendency to want to understand why God allows what he allows rather than saying he's sovereign and I'm going to be obedient to him and leave the consequences to him, right? Um, And for me, I cannot reconcile what I saw that day and what I experienced in my life. I cannot reconcile that in my head to anything that makes sense Mm -hmm. or justifies it, Mm -hmm. except to say that I trust God. I trust that he knows best. I trust that he is looking at things I don't see. If you think about it in the grand scheme of things, the, 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 the word says that he causes. Causation is an active word. That means he's moving things, right? Mm-hmm. He causes all things to work together for our good. For those who love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. That means he is of the billions of people on the planet in every minute portion of a second, he is actively involved in it, causing the outcomes that are for our good. Mm. What what are those outcomes? That outcome is our eternity. Mm -hmm. It's not whether or not I'm sleeping well or do I have PTSD or not. That's not, that's not the big picture. The big picture is where am I going to spend eternity? The big picture is where are you going to spend eternity? How are we going to live our lives? How are we going to navigate things? And where are we going to spend eternity? So what happened on 9-11? It's not my business anymore, right? I gave it to the Lord and it still hurts. I still think about it and it still brings tears to my eyes. I have to, every time... I have to give it to him all over again and say, I have no idea, but I trust you, right? If there was any other way, he would have done it. Mm. There was no other way because his ways are perfect. It it wasn't a second choice. It wasn't an, an option. God is purposeful. He causes things to bring us into an everlasting with him. So... For me, it's about for it's about weighing it, right? Now mm-hmm. it's about weighing it. Do I endure 
a rape and be a 9-11 survivor and meet him in eternity, or do I not and lose it all mm. and end up someplace else? I'll take that rape. Mm. I'll take that 9-11. I'll take it. Mm. couple of things I, I would never say that rape is good I would never say that the the death and destruction on 9-11 is good but how hard is it to take all the good things and make something good out of it there's no miracle in that I, yeah. I think to take the worst things and yeah. out of it bring mm. something good is is yeah. where the hand of God is yes um, also the eternal perspective absolutely uh, helps you're, you're comfortable with the mystery mm -hmm. at the same time hasn't the eternal perspective vastly improved your life here and now <laughs> yes <laughs> that's exactly right that is the soft life so if we're going back to the book it says your guide to a soft life yeah, yeah. that's the soft life the soft life is not about taking it easy and you know laid back like the like on the cover of the book, you know, the legs in the tub and, and all of that. It's not really about nothing happening. It's about that eternal perspective saying, in the middle of all of this, I am laid back, living my best life and looking forward to that eternal perspective. Amen, brother. Yes. All right. I think, I think I'm getting it. I think I'm getting what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Down, down here it'd be, hey, dude. Hey, dude. <laughs> I'll have to write that one. Um, so here, here's, here's the question, and you've touched on yeah. it, but I really like, I think I'm going to like the way you say it, and I think that I just love hearing it because you're talking about identity uh, and, and identity, you know, getting you through the trauma because mm -hmm. it's not something you skirt around or avoid or try to ignore. You got to go through it uh, when you're there. Um, who does God say Leslie Haskin is? Oh, I love that question. Mm -hmm. God said that Leslie Haskin is an easer through and through. She is a warrior. I, you know, I saw a picture of myself. Um, I think I was a few days old. I was a little baby. And I had my hand raised up like this, like in a fist. And I laughed. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> I was born to fight. I knew that. Um, wait, let me just. You're good. I knew. <laughs> sorry. Am I good? Okay. Yeah, you're good. Um, I knew. I didn't know coming in or coming into this world that I was a fighter, that I am a warrior, but I know it now. So when I say, Lord, who do you say that I am? He says, you are a fighter. You're an instrument that I use to bring people into freedom, just like Moses was, right? So I, so I fight, I fight through prayer, I fight through words. I use words. I use prayer. I use um, social media gatherings. I'm not my behavior because sometimes my behavior doesn't align with that warrior spirit. I'm 
that I'm fighting spiritually in, in the spirit realm, but I, it doesn't take away who I am. I'm always that person. I am always that creation. Did that make sense? Absolutely. I love it. Okay. I, I love it. And, and so I think that's obviously the starting point. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, when you look at the idea of love your neighbor as yourself, if you hate yourself, yeah. it's not going to turn out very well. That's right. Uh, and and That's we can right. go overboard into self-love and self-absorption. And God warns against yeah. that selflessness, too. There's a there's a balance there in the middle. But as you have come to this uh, realization of God's calling and your mm-hmm. identity, mm-hmm. Uh, you, you mentioned being bitter, uh, mm-hmm. you know, leading up to 9-11, coming out of Chicago. I'm guessing, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, but when you are the only black female executive that comes with sideways glances, maybe some doubt, maybe some unwarranted, Mm -hmm. uh, cynicism towards you, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and that just, if you got any bitterness, that's just fuel on the fire for that. Uh, it's Mm -hmm. gotta be, um, I don't see you. I don't see any bitterness there. How, How do you, how do you feel about other people? How do you approach other people, especially people who are, you know, men, white men from Texas, you know, way different <laughs> culturally than a black woman from New York. I mean, yeah. how, how do you see other people? I, you know, I think we have to, right now, our world is so divided hmm. because of behavior, right? And when you look at it, it's all about, behavior somebody said something that somebody else didn't like or somebody did something that got them canceled it's all about somebody's behavior not about who that person really is Mm. and we don't take time to figure out who people really are anymore it's not about I, I know I'm not going to meet you and then get to the core of you, right? In the in the first few minutes, that means we need to build relationships. Why am I not bitter? I don't have time. <laughs> I don't have time. It's it takes too much energy, and it does not serve me well to be bitter or angry. I get my feelings hurt all the time, but I can promise you. Sometimes I hurt people's feelings as well, not intentionally, but just by the mere fact that we're still just trapped in this human coil, right? And sometimes we get it wrong. So how do I not get better? I approach life understanding the gift that God gave me, that life is so short, and I lived it and experienced it and saw it with my own eyes. I saw a woman passing me a note, trying to say something and mid sentence, she passed away. Mm. Um, my nephew was walking down the street in Chicago a few years ago and fell flat, just passed away. Life is so fleeting. And in the moments that we spend wasting time in anger and judging and judging each other and not understanding. We waste so much time that we'll sit back and after it's over and say, did I, did I really do that? Did that, was that really that important? 
because in the brandy in the grand scheme of things it's not our value is intrinsic we're all valued because we were all created by god's hand and in his image but our worth our worth is what we bring to the table to give back into the world, to feed to the world. Mm -hmm. And those are the opportunities that I'm looking for. How do I spend my kindness, right? How do I spread this joy that you see? This is me. Last weekend, I went to an auction and I had to pick up some chairs that I won and I was so excited about it. I rented a a big old F-150 truck. And, you know, here I am all of 411 climbing <laughs> up in this truck, right? So I get there and the guys that were helping me deliver it, I mean, helping me to, to load it up, one of the guys, he goes, you're so little with this truck. Oh my gosh, I love your energy. And I'm thinking, this is me, you know? And when I hear that from people, as I'm hearing it from you, it is the joy of the Lord. And it's amazing how naturally it comes when we understand our worth, mm -hmm. know our value, mm -hmm. and put aside the foolishness. You know, <laughs> it, it, amazing, and, and I'm not saying this to, to you know, try to flatter my guest on the program. It's, just, <laughs> it's godly wisdom pouring out of you, Leslie. I mean. Oh, praise God. And exactly. That that's exactly Thanks, it. Uh, because you could still you you could have been crushed by the evil in this world, the circumstances mm -hmm. of life, the the mm -hmm. hopelessness of even where you were born, you know. And yeah. you're not. You're not. No, he didn't give me a choice. He didn't give me a choice. He, he did. That he, he didn't give he, me a good choice. Yeah, yeah but you you had to pursue it. You have to pursue it. There yeah. is there is a part on you. You, know, you have a part in this. Yes, that's true. That's true. You have to do the work. And that's in the book as well. There's some 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 real tips, some step number one, step number two. There's some uh, at the end of week one, some some affirmations and some some um, scripture that I'm recommending mm -hmm. that feed me. Mm -hmm. Right. Because there is work. You do have to do the work. You have to do the work every day. God gives us these things and these tools, amazing tools to help help us journey through life softer right mm -hmm. and better and i i just praise him that yes you know he's he's opened my eyes to a lot of things that are weightier than the sadness or the bitterness or the trauma um yeah i love it i i, I love it I, i'm I'll have to point people to the book. Um, this is the book. Hey, girl. Please. Hey, <laughs> you can say it. Hey, girl. Hey, yes. uh, all right. <laughs> um, and you can get it or if you pick up books. You can get it at our website, too, at LeslieHaskin.net. And you can find out where she's speaking, by the way. Uh, she does speak. And uh, if she's near you, I think you'll know. Uh, you, you would be blessed yeah. by hearing her. But, uh, Leslie, thank you. Just, thank you. Th thank you for being a light in, in a dark world, you know. Um, and yeah. it's God's light. I know that. But I appreciate you sharing it. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoy talking to you, my Texas friend. And and you know, you you have another friend in Texas. I don't know if you maybe you're only friend in Texas, but you got a friend in Texas. So. <laughs> Thank you. So then barbecue, barbecue, if I remember that way. Yeah, we got some barbecue down here. The Tex okay. Mex Tex Mex you can't beat though. I'll just say okay. that. Okay. 
Okay, it's a deal. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and just if you're watching, I mean, what you're seeing, I think, is real. And that's what God does with people from all over. Uh, he brings us in, and, and there's, a, there's a kinship. There's a, a family. She's a sister of mine in Christ. Amen. And, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And that's where life is. This world, oh, this world. Don't listen to it. Listen to what God says. Listen to who he says yes. you are. And you can have the joy that you've, you've seen in Leslie today. So thank you again, Leslie. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate all you guys out there watching. Hit thank share. you. Yeah. Hit share. Bless somebody. And if you haven't liked or followed or subscribed, uh, please do that. And I'll show you Leslie's website so you know when you hit it, you're in the right place. There's her lovely face. Just Leslie. LeslieHaskin.net. Hey, girl, hey, is the book. Come back. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live.